avoid that feeling of inner emptiness or something like that. But if you're feeling like extra frustrated with uh, all the stuff that is going on and happening, and especially if it's your head, then you'd better consult, I mean, not psychotherapist, because that's not that severe, but probably psychologist. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 250 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marden Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, United World College, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them, this project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people. And this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Olha Volyanska. Olha is a psychology student at Ukrainian Catholic University. 
She's a journalist of the Ukrainian podcast, Polit Podcast, and a member of the UKU student organization, Polit Club UKU. Olha actively volunteered as a journalist during her school years, for instance, by interviewing the head of Alliance Française based in Lviv and the current ambassador of France in Ukraine. She speaks English and French fluently while always trying to perfect them. And she participated in a lot of school language contests, taking prize places. Olha grew up in Lviv and she is into reading the classics, preferably historical novels as well as psychological and philosophical works. She also enjoys playing the piano to unwind from daily stresses. Her other much-loved activities include learning foreign languages as well as spending quality time with her immediate family and close friends. A fact about Olha is she genuinely loves drinking black and mint tea. Olha, how are you today? First, thank you for such a nice uh, introduction. And uh, I am completely fine because now I am recuperating in the village. So just um, I still have several things and tasks to do. But the time is going on perfectly, you know, perfect rural vibes, escaping that um, urban rush. So, so it's perfect. And how are you? I'm feeling bright, brilliant, blessed, and blissful. Thank you for asking. And tell me, I would like you to compare two things. That urban rush, tell me your opinion about it as well as the emotions of being in such a rural area. Okay, so uh, speaking of urban rush, I'm kind of a city dweller, so I like to be, a, you know, kind of a city person because um, I love spending time, spending my spare and leisure time with my friends, with this, uh, this kind of active, um, you know, active things the city has to offer and is offering um but sometimes you're just getting sick of it and that takes quite a lot to um, to like um recuperate from those um those harsh city city vibes because it's kind of swallow you you know there was one ukrainian um there was one ukrainian novelist mikhailo kosibinsky who um who has read um not a novel but a short story i'm sorry that that is called a short story intermezzo in which he uh described that a city can swallow one And then uh, one need to totally refresh oneself, and it is really great when you uh, when you can achieve that goal um, in the rural area. So, um, answering the second question, how do I feel in such uh, ambience? Um, actually, it um, does calm me down. It just bring uh, brings those uh, incredible incredible not silent vibes but i mean um 
that um, needed peace and quiet, you cannot always um, uh, receive when you're like um, in the city. Thank you so much. So if I understood you correctly, you enjoy the activities that the city offers with your friends and being in that urban rush, but sometimes the city can swallow a person and make them just too much in movement and not enough in connection with themselves. And that short story you mentioned as well, there was a guest, she works at the Discovery Channel and National Geographic, and she actually was reading that and recommended it, I think, on the episode. And when you are in the calmer area of being in a village, you can calm down, unwind, stop, take a breath and connect with yourself. Did I understand it correctly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also mentioned one important point about um, uh, getting this inner harmony with yourself, which is also very crucial because that exactly what um, calm and um, peaceful atmosphere of a rural area can give you. Tell me this. If you lived always and forever in the peaceful, calm harmony of a village and you could achieve goals, but not without all the stress or hard work and maybe not as much achievements, but you will live in that relaxation, what would be missing from your life? Mostly about the fact that I am pretty young and I like to be thrilled by, you know, those kind of emotions, um, which, um, you know, such active, like, yeah, active things um, have to offer, you know, but I guess... Now tell me, tell me, what does it mean to be thrilled when it comes to Olha? What does it mean to be thrilled? It means to be surrounded by uh, the close circle of your friends while just uh, being um, your true self by just um, having a, I mean, time of your life. Um, that could be, a, you know, a kind of a loud party. That could be that could be not that loud party, but just uh, co-working in the outskirts of uh, Uku. But just that a specific atmosphere that uh, that make you a unit and that just uh, thrills you and make you feel um, make you feel uh, really alive. I don't think that you like. Tell me if you did get my. Point. No, thank you. This is absolutely wonderful. But my question is, why close friends? Can't you experience that with? less, you know, intimate friends or acquaintances or other people who might be cooperating with you as colleagues, but with no friendship? Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, yeah, for sure you can experience that, uh, those kind of feelings with um, less uh, precious uh, friends or people who just surround you. However, um, I mean that... Um, this is about uh, being um, 100% true, 100% um, true and uh, not evasive. Uh, and this is the state actually you can, you can be in 
uh, only if you're um, within the close circle of friends. So I don't mean that um, you're the person who tries to conceal some conceal just something um, about you uh, when you're around uh, I mean just um, um, pretty um, acquaintances or something like that but it's just that um, hundred being hundred percent sure and true um, it's it's the state actually yeah you experience when you're um, when you're around your um, your nearest and dearest that's it thank you and actually i noticed this because you mentioned that one of your most favorite things is to spend time with uh, the closest family and closest friends and now you mentioned it again so i'm wondering how do you become close friends with someone first is it common or rare second do you are you reserved with new people at first and then you open up and third what do you need in order to trust someone and those they seem like three questions but they're one in more detail <laughs> okay i got your point and question so um first one was about um is it a rare action to get uh, to get that close to some people so, firstly, you have to share um, the same values, views, and um, you have to be on the same wave, on the same page, because, uh, because if you're not, you're not that comfortable, um, you're not feeling yourself, let's say, like that with uh, that person. And you have to bond over something, like find that specific interest that would... Um, that would make you feel like a, like a, I don't know, like a solid unit of two people who um, tend to be close with each other and stuff like that. Uh, so that was the first question. And um, no, that's not um, a rare, um, like um, a rare, I don't know, not a, not action, but um, state of things uh, in my life because um, you know. Um, when having entered uh, the university, I uh, earnestly got surrounded by uh, a majority of people who uh, tended to be that open, that sincere, that kind, uh, uh, that lighthearted in, in a positive connotation that I soon got um, really close to them. Yeah, so it's pretty about... Uh, um, about um, like a community. So my um, community within my university is really the one I can get uh, close with. Uh, so the first question. Then it was about uh, being reversed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so um, it actually depends. If we are talking about being uh, extrovert and introvert, I would consider myself to be an ambivert. Because I'm not a hundred percent extrovert person and not a hundred percent introvert person, it just uh, depends on certain circumstances. Um, however, um, when entering um, like um, new uh, communities or something, I could be pretty shy or something, and then, as you've mentioned, I could open up like more. 
and tend to be like um, 100% open, um, like easygoing, say like that. And uh, the last question was, can you remind me? No, it was three. You answered all three of them. So if I understood you correctly, and thank you, you were thorough. So if I understood you correctly, it's about finding people who share similar values, similar uh, similar core views about important things so that you feel like a unit together. And with such people, you can work on projects and do activities that are exciting and feel like you're moving in life and you're ambitious together and changing things and making a difference. And you meet enough for a lot of those people because you are in an environment now at Uku where a lot of such people exist. So you're surrounded by them and it's easy to bond over common views, common values. And well, in general, when you're at first in a new environment, you're reserved, but you open up over time until you're comfortable. And in general, you're an ambivert. Correct. Yes, totally accurate. However, I've uh, um, there is one this point that slipped my mind, and it is about a trustworthy relationships. Because um, one um, important criteria I forgot to um, I forgot to um, to name is uh, just that uh, you must um, uh, trust the person. You must confide in 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 that person so yeah there's uh, there's just this one point i forgot to mention thank you are you a perfectionist that's a really relevant question because yes and sometimes it just uh, cross crosses my mind that i am um, that i get too obsessive with some things i shouldn't be at all uh, such as uh, making my, say, uh, workplace spotlessly clean, because it's, you know, kind of a mindset that I uh, can't start working right now without making a total and complete order um, all over my table. Uh, but uh, speaking of it more globally, like perfectionist in what I do, I try to perfect, you know, my skills to master it, to, um, to you know, tend to self-development because I think it's crucial because who are we without uh, self-development and, you know, growing up in all kind of realms like moral, inner, external, physical, and much more. Uh, so uh, sometimes perfectionism alike is about some healthy habits and what uh, I have mentioned um, like initially about like some obsessive obsessive habits of mine um, this is not really important important and this is not what I advise others to practice thank you so tell me more about obsessive organization why is that such an important thing for you even if you don't consider it so healthy but why is it necessary and important to have order and organization in your life okay uh, as you said organization in my life 
which relates to loads of aspects, like um, such as, for instance, time management, with, which is um, very crucial, is totally okay. But if we, um, if uh, one is obsessed with extra, I, I don't know, over organization of some external mundane quotidian things, this is not really okay. Such as um, uh, speaking of my experience, uh, like why do I need uh, to have this order? You know, it just uh, creates a comfort zone uh, for me, and it is. Uh, more easy to start working, to start thinking. I don't know, this purity does give me some even chills, which is kind of weird, but it, but it is. And uh, I start to be more concentrated. But when my table is, um, I mean, it's totally messed up, so I won't be that focused on what I am doing and what I um, must do. But still kind of kind of an obsession thank you and now i don't really understand how that is possible to both be a thrill seeker which implies uncertainty and being outside your comfort zone as well as being obsessive about organization and creating a comfort zone can you tell me how you manage both or how they're related I'm sorry, but uh, can you uh, remind me of the first point you made of me, like uh, about... Thrill? You said it's thrilling before, you remember, when we spoke about the city and you mm -hmm. said doing activities in the city gives you a thrill because you're young, etc. So usually people who say that, they love excitement, they love more of the uncertainty, while people who want organization they want comfort and not anything unexpected so can you tell me more about this or did i understand wrong it just um actually not uh, that uh, complicated to balance uh, through it because probably i am not obsessed to that extent that i want everything to be 100% and highly organized in my life and that doesn't uh, actually um relate to you know uh, those specific moments that's like not everyday uh, activities when you seek for those um, thrilling feelings or something and that's just when you are feeling the moment and when you're concentrating on something or focusing on your work uh, that's a totally uh, that's totally a distinctive um, uh, thing because um, there's not the moment when you're uh, you know um, just uh, live in the moment happily and uh, like this thank you so for you if you could choose between feeling comfortable and happy forever or experiencing all the emotions, being scared, being sad, being happy, surprised, all of them, which one would you choose? The steady, constant happiness or the whole variety of emotions? If it were up to me, I would uh, definitely choose the second option because for sure, as every human being, I guess I love comfort but not to that extent that I'd uh, that I'd be ready to 
um, you know, forget all the palette of feelings uh, I can experience through life uh, because uh, uh, as a person who studies psychology, I know that um, all types of uh, feelings and emotions are important. So I sure want to want to feel them, want to perceive them uh, differently, distinctively. Um, it is much, uh, it is way more important than being in a constant um, comfort. It's way more important than being in a constant comfort. Yes, because uh, um, like, um, I don't know, uh, comfort zone could make one be like extra happy with their life or something, but there are, I guess, many other things uh, which can uh, like create uh, create that happy um, attitude to life than uh, than just um, than just creating a const- uh, constant comfort zone. And then, um, and then we all know that it's kind of a great decision to get out of our con- comfort zone because if it kind of uh, swallows us, it's not that good. And it's not that good not to try uh, new things in life, not to experience new things and not to change, not to alter anything. So could I describe you as a girl who loves new experiences? Yes, I guess yes, you can. Well, the last girl who described herself that way was the uh, PR manager for Slava Kaminska. And she said, I love drama too. I need it in my relationship. I demand it. I deserve it. Drama makes me excited and is alive. <laughs> then would you be also a girl who wants some drama in her life to keep things interesting? Well, that's a, that's a tough question because it actually depends on how we do define this term drama. Because uh, why Please define it. Drama. Okay, when it's um, when we are exaggerating some type of uh, circumstances which not which are not actually that severe, that specific, that I don't know that um, uh, important. So I don't know whether it is so important in my life, like to be dramatic or something, or to like I don't know to burst out with anger when I am um, when I am just getting when I'm getting nervous or cried out um, cried out my tears when I am just uh, a little bit frustrated over something I um, I don't think that's like uh, uh, too important uh, too important I'd better you know um, divert those um, exaggerated emotions into some I wouldn't say some more useful things, but probably most um, to to the things I like to do more. Thank you. Are you trying to understand yourself more and more? Because it seems to me both. You love new experiences, which means you're willing to try things. You don't know if you like them or not. But you also value spending more energy and time on the things you already know that you like, which is the opposite of new experiences. Can you tell me how it works in both ways? 
Okay, um, as I mentioned, after graduation, I opted uh, for psychology. So <laughs> that could signify that I um, like to analyze a lot of things. I like to uh, dive into loads of things, to dig into them. So I really like to, especially when it comes to uh, analyzing myself. So yes, I am kind of an overthinker. And um, yet it was a question about um, experiencing some novelties. Yes, I do like it. And I do like to, um, to you know, um, analyze everything like to the, uh, to the most profounded points. Uh, but um, about uh, creating that steady comfort zone and feeling um, okay with that, yes, I guess uh, these two uh, states and options can coexist because um, for the time being, I feel kind of, uh, I feel a harmony. Uh, I feel no severe hardship uh, in my soul. So uh, I guess that... Uh, <laughs> That's probably uh, the factor that um, that just witnesses that uh, that could be the case. Thank you. And do you believe that everything in life can be analyzed, categorized, and deeply understood? Well, not really, because um, as I mentioned about overthinking, it's not really that healthy um, habit not really that healthy habit. Uh, we can analyze some things because if we uh, feel that we are in a constant toxic relationship with uh, anybody, so we just have to get out of it and to analyze a little bit that all those episodes when we did feel ourselves like um, totally uncomfortable, totally unappreciated or something. So it just means that uh, a little analysis uh, like the best case when it is uh, analyzed with the psychotherapist, um, and uh, you and and it is a great option, but um, not all all like kind of um, situations circumstances could be analyzed and categorized for sure, as you um, as you've put it in your question. Uh, because there are some things we can't predict, there are some things we can explain, and that's what probably psychologists, psychoanalysts, I mean, probably would try to do in the future, and we will see those results, which would be uh, contributing to us knowing uh, some further details, or or the other way around, I don't know. Thank you. And so to confirm, it seems to me that actually you chose psychology to understand yourself more and analyze yourself more accurately. Can this be said? Yes, this is definitely one of the uh, factors uh, contributing to my choice. Why is that important for you? Okay, uh, because uh, when I... Uh, when I am, when like I do understand myself, I feel that inner harmony. I feel myself kind of, I don't know even how to describe this. This is kind of um, actually uh, complicated questions. Uh, but I mean, it is, um, 
yet interesting and sometimes necessary because if I, um, you know, uh, grasp that uh, my emotions, they were, you know, the factor of something, I start to realize that, okay, I then I am then it was actually not how I not how I um, you know used to think or something. So uh, that is also that interest inside of the question, which always uh, I mean draws me in. And yet, yeah, it is in, un, like important, I guess, to understand uh, one to understand the other people is like the trade, I guess. Um, um, a lot of people um, would be um, would be eager to to obtain and understand and you yourself is also um, a nice characteristic a nice I guess skill thank you but overthinking when it comes to analyzing yourself could this be just a psychological way to make sure your working area is super clean before being able to live or to work yes this definitely could be that um that you know type of um type of this over analyzing and overthinking but um, as i mentioned this is kind of a habit so it's not that easy to alter it and to um, to end up with uh, with this feeling but um, I would try to do this. In French, habit is habit, which is clothes. So put on different clothes. <laughs> this is a nice point. Thank you. And I want to ask you another thing. Do you have, when you're analyzing yourself, the way you think about yourself and all that, do you have some role model as well that is external or a character from a book or from a movie or from a novel that you feel resonant with that you relate to and almost like your soulmate in a written or fictional or historical form i used to look up to you know some like unfamiliar people um, looking at them and thinking they're hundred times better than me just because um, they're different, they're like more beautiful, more intelligent, and many things. Um, but each life and each individual is unique. I know that it's kind of um, obvious and apparent, but and each individual has its uh, has their own um, experience, which is. Um, obvious as well but that's why we like shouldn't um look up to some people as um, like uh, as our idols or something because this is not healthy as well um i mean they sure can inspire us um they can um, i mean uh, encourage us to to do some new things to trans something to get our to like to make um, to make some new habits, but not to that you know um, obsessive extent of just uh, creating uh, creating yourself a, a specific um, idol or something. But 
um, role models who there's like yeah there's like a, a different point of view. On the other hand, um, those are some role models which are just um, bringing some um, really important vital messages uh, through a lot of people. I mean, this could be a lay audience. This could be a more you know, profound audience, I mean, intellectual audience or something, not to divide in people, but that could be in that way. Um, and then those messages would be, you know, beneficial for them. Uh, but, um, but actually, yes, not to that extent that they are making, uh, they are making a specific form of vitals for themselves, but just to encourage them and to, um, and to and to aspire to I don't know make some quality changes and changes in their life, such as uh, you you know talking of uh, some ecological issues, social issues that not um, not everyone is able to perceive. Thank you so much. I mean, I like the way you categorize everything. And you actually look at every detail and put it in a box and try to understand it in that way. And to ask you then, since it's a great opportunity as a psychology student, a lot of people felt exhausted, drained, stuck, or anything like that because of the quarantines, the pandemic, the whole situation. Some say that online study is not the experience of university similar to offline. Others say that their jobs aren't as secure anymore or they lost their jobs or they cannot go to their university that they dream about abroad or whatever happened because of the pandemic. What would be your recommendation for them to transform and transmute their uh, emotions into something much more positive and empowering and encouraging. Okay, uh, firstly, I must uh, highlight that I am not a specialist. I'm just a person who studies psychology yet. So I can't like, you know, professionally advise anything just just uh, to make it more clear and just uh, to um, like um, state something from state something empirically, like from my own experience. Yes, I also tend to be really hit by this um, exhausting quarantine because, uh, yes, we're all stuck at homes or something, but now it's just much more uh, light one than it used to be. Uh, however, um, I myself uh, used to experience uh, not a depression, but, you know, I uh, didn't feel like uh, really well when uh, like all of my group um, had the opportunity to 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 to, to attend uh, the university on a daily basis, and I was stuck at home with COVID, with temperature, and so on. So I wasn't really actually um, that excited to experience this. However. Uh, I guess um, there are loads of coping uh, strategies uh, we may um, take on in order to feel ourselves uh, better. Like because 
there are lots of things we can do at home and feel ourselves more, I don't know, harmonized, um, more um, productive or something because we can take up uh, many new uh, healthy and uh, productive and just uh, nice habits such as um, exercising more which would uh, like it's a physiologically proven uh, that it would um, reduce some risk of being depressed and stuff like that so uh, exercising would uh, like uh, would be likely to like reduce your stress your level of stress or it's kind of uh, obvious advices I guess but actually yeah that's that's kind of a um the thing that can do the trick because i myself experienced that but not from uh, the very beginning of uh, the quarantine but um but from uh, the summer as well as you know you can um read a lot of i wouldn't advise to read like some motivational some 100% psychological stuff but the stuff you really like and admire to read and to explore and that would be also a great option because it also um, sometimes uh, does the trick especially for the people who are uh, who are um, like um, who are um, uh, book geeks let's say like that and then that could be you know a lot of ways how we can avoid that feeling of inner emptiness or something like that but if you're feeling like extra frustrated with uh, all the stuff that is going on and happening and especially if it's your head then you'd better consult I mean not psychotherapist because that's not that severe but probably psychologist and uh, they would advise you some more professional and uh, I mean um, reliable um, advices. Thank you so much, Olha. It was such a pleasure, a great time and a blessing to speak with you. And if people want to support you on social media or to follow you, what is the best social media to do that? And I will write it in the description. As well as, can you speak about the podcast you're working on? What do you do? What do you intend to Polit Club, Uku as well, or any other projects that you are working to promote? Okay, so first, thank you very much for um, for inviting me. It was a great pleasure to be one of the, to be among all amazing um, participants. Uh, I'm so jubilant to do that. And I also want to convey... Um, uh, to convey the gratitude for what you, you know, for the product you're making because it's really amazing and especially for bringing uh, awareness about Ukraine and Ukrainians among uh, foreigners uh, what uh, I do appreciate so much and saying about um, some forthcoming projects or where could you find me so you could find me on my Instagram page um and about projects forthcoming which are going to be launched in the uh nearest future so about polit group we're um we um we are like renewing our um our uh podcast our two podcasts so uh like every detail you can 
with every detail you can get acquainted um, on our um, on our pages on social media. So it could be whatever you want: Facebook, Instagram, even YouTube. If you want to listen to um, episodes, some exciting episodes about geopolitics and Ukrainian politics, and YouTube. If um, if some podcast platforms do, don't work for you, and um, about promoting some other projects, there's also one project, one psychological project I didn't mention in my uh, biography, but it's called Another Upside. I'm also um, integrated in this project, and um, um, I'm a copywriter. Uh, but right now, um, I'm also I also don't work um, that frequently, and I'm not that um, you know actively and um, actively engaged right now. But I do uh, advise you to follow um, follow that page on Instagram and other website because it is based on a, um, on a psychological alignment for anybody who is interested in in, uh, um, in psychology and anybody who wants to be more I don't know um, psychologically conscious and aware so yes and again thank you very very much you're welcome and thank you too